and welcome. This is the Truth in Coaching Podcast. I am Joshua. I'm Jordan. And it's uh, still the heart of winter. Um, I heard that they let the president of the United States out of his cave. He saw his shadow, attempted to shake it, and and as a result, we're stuck with six more weeks of winter. Yay! So, um, why is this relevant? Well, I was supposed to do a track workout this morning. Yes. Um, simple conditioning, right? Or, you know, simple doesn't mean easy. It was aggressive. But I got there for my warm-up lap, and it was just like sheet ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one corner of the track had some frozen dirt that had some traction, but it just wasn't going to work out. Um, so I ended up driving all the way back home. I mean, all the way. It was like a mile, right? And then I've got some, you know, sidewalk and stuff kind of in the the back lot that I can work off of. So I did the sprint workout there. Mm -hmm. But the prescription was um, you warm up with a half mile jog, then you do 100 yard sprint, then a 100 yard jog, then a 200 yard sprint, then a 200 yard jog, then a 300, 300, Mm -hmm. 400, 400 if you're a beginner. Uh, stop there and do your cool down walk for a half mile. I'm not a beginner, so I worked with the, my way back down the ladder. Um, but in this case, because like I didn't really have a good uh, idea of where um, the distances were, right? Mm-hmm. You can substitute time. So a 15 second sprint, and then double that for the jog interval, 30 second jog, then a 30 second to replicate the 200, then a one minute and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is like, especially as you get tired, you're being really, really generous on, oh, does it really take me 15 seconds to cross hundred <laughs> yards? I don't know, like if I've warmed up really well, I could probably do that in mm-hmm. 15 seconds. That's not a bad time um, for somebody who's not like an elite sprinter. Um, but like the 200, no, the 300, no, the 400, no. no. I'm not crossing <laughs> that in a minute, that deep into the workout. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have actual like track to make it objective, you have to go with what is objective and what is objective is your watch. Right. And that's not a problem. Um, so yeah, I think you get a pretty effective workout that way. I'm sure I was, you know, hacking up a cold air lung after that. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but, People think um, you're sick, but it's really, no, I just worked out in the cold. <laughs> but there's like, there's almost nothing better than running. People ask mm-hmm. like, you know, do I have to do running or, or they assume that I'm going to make them do running and uh, it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, I think you should be able to run. I think so. Yeah. If you can't run, you're missing out on a really important human yeah. thing. It's very natural for us yeah. to do that. And it's not like we're asking you to go out and run the fastest mile time or anything. Mm-hmm. Just like running at like a nice pace just to get everything yeah. moving nicely and everything. Well, it's, it's part of life. It's part of what we do um, mm-hmm. or what we can do, should be able to do. We talked about it fits into stride and the fundamental movement patterns. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. Um, but then people say, well, you know, I'm never going to need to run. Okay, yeah, maybe never. Again, you're probably hurting yourself long term. Yeah. Like, your joints just aren't ready to do something like that. Right. But I'd like to talk about bear fitness and tsunami fitness. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yes. If you're getting chased by a bear and your whole group has just decided the best way to respond is run, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah, don't be the slowest person. Exactly. Okay, cool. Like, so you can probably <laughs> do that. But then tsunami fitness is that like objective like disaster that is going to wipe everybody out. Mm-hmm. And you have to be past a certain mark 
to do it. Now that's a fanciful it is kind of scenario. But I mean, we're in Colorado. Like, I don't, I don't think a tsunami is going to happen anytime <laughs> I soon. I don't think tsunami fitness applies. <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, hopefully the point is well taken. Yes. So running, do most people run enough? Usually not. Pro- yeah, probably not. Yeah, usually not. With how cold it was today, like I wasn't able to go out for my morning run, so I decided to do the rowing machine instead yeah. for a mile, and it felt really good. I wasn't trying to be personal records or anything, just a nice yeah. steady pace, um, <clears throat> just to help get the blood flowing and everything, and it felt felt really good. I think you run more than I do. Yeah, I think Which, so. Yeah, I mean, that's good. I've also I also have probably borderline too much going on. Mm. But for me to get into uh, a run once a week or a a running kind of workout, it doesn't mean distance, but you know, mm-hmm. doing some sort of sprinting or running at least once a week is good for me. It keeps that honestly like line of communication open with my body, mm-hmm. where I can still do the thing. But yeah, you made a good call as well. Like it's not only cold outside, but it's icy, super dangerous. Yeah. If you don't have a dry place to run, find something yeah. different. And it was really dark, and I didn't. I'm not comfortable. Yeah. running by myself in the yeah. dark so and the, decided to take the safer choice on yeah, that one fair and you put in you told me a mile on the road. yeah six that's cool yeah a mile and just just barely over seven minutes yeah that's good i think a lot of people probably don't have the patience to do that on a rowing machine yeah if i didn't have my music it would have been really hard mm-hmm. but that's why I always put headphones in while I'm running or doing like a little bit longer cardio session yeah. to help keep me a little bit more entertained. Yeah, those those tools definitely have a place. Um, when you're outside, like there's there's things to look at, mm-hmm. even if you're not paying attention to them because you're you know you have a burn and right. it hurts or whatever you know, but like your lungs are on fire. But still, there's just like the thought of like you're moving and trees are going by. Exactly. There's rude dog owners that don't have their dogs on the best leash ever, (laughs) you know, like to avoid or whatever. Um, There's always the chance you could trip on the sidewalk. (laughs) Exactly. So you have to be aware. It's more interesting in a sense, but like to be able to just do something linearly and put your mind somewhere else, Mm kind of check it out. That's a good skill too. Yeah. Um, yeah, So you traveled a lot last week. I did. I'm fresh out of another trip to Quantico for marine stuff. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you have handed me a receipt from what you all bought for food and everything and kind of just wanting to talk about how you're able to still maintain like a decent diet while you're traveling so much because I feel like a lot of people like fall off the wagon when it comes to diets when they're traveling. So kind of walk us through what you did and like what works best for you. Yeah, it's a good, I think it's a good conversation that's worth having. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people, particularly in professional roles that have to travel a lot for work. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you're in a role that's not very travel heavy, there's different challenges and things you have to work through. But for somebody who has to travel, I travel, you know, once a month minimum, right? And a lot of people travel on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. That gets very hard, very fast. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, your body doesn't stop when you travel. Like you're still doing uh, biological things like calories right Mm -hmm. you're still either consuming calories and either uh, burning them off or not burning them off your body's still taking those nutrients and 
um, giving you enough protein to support your muscle or uh, giving you an excess and making you put on some fat. Um, your stress levels are going up and down like crazy, so you need strategies to manage that. Mm -hmm. And then if you were to go with just convenience and what you felt like doing, you probably wouldn't want to move a lot. Um, because you have a travel day, which can be stressful. And sure, you can like walk through the airport and stuff, but that's not really focused exercise. It's just activity. Um, and then the next day, you're probably getting uh, kind of zeroed in on what you're doing at work, and you're trying to orient yourself to a new situation and trying to um, you know, maybe say the right thing in front of the right people and trying to look smart or you're trying to apply your trade, whatever. And then maybe by the third day, you have maybe hit a rhythm and you're feeling like, okay, like maybe my body needs something, but now you're tired, right? And then before you know it, it's time to come back. And so it's another stressful travel day. Mm -hmm. And so if you travel frequently, even for me on a monthly rhythm, if you take those four or five days, that's like a sixth of a whole month, mm -hmm. which is my fast math isn't great, but that's like 15%. So do I want to take my results all the way down from a potential 100% that I'm already struggling to deal with just daily life? Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm a 90%er to begin with if I'm doing great. Right. 90% uh, adherence to a plan is great. 100% um, is borderline unrealistic. Then I'm going to take 15% off the top of that just because I have to travel for work. Right. So now all of a sudden my great adherence to a plan makes me 75%. Maybe I'm not, maybe that's exactly what it takes to sabotage my results, mm -hmm. right? So you have to find a way to manage that traveling. And probably we'll just talk about it like as the weekend played out, right. like in sequence. Um, first off, I was supposed to go initially for 10 days. Yes. So they brought us on duty for 10 days and we actually ended up getting done early, mm -hmm. which will like do a severe plot twist with this receipt <laughs> that you're looking at. Um, but the first thing is get in motion, stay in motion. Yes. So I had to make sure I did a workout when I got there the first day. It was bad travel mm -hmm. um, going from West Coast to East Coast. Time is lost. Uh, the rental car company didn't have a car available for my reservation. Mm -hmm. So I was stuck waiting for that for two hours. So like time is just evaporating and like right. getting pissed and getting stressed. Um, Going from Washington, D.C. down to where I was going to be, that's I-95. I saw the best license plate like <laughs> 20 years ago. I-95 sucks. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Very true. Um, but yeah, so I, I probably got in with a little bit of grocery shopping probably like by 9 at night. And that's not enough time to eat and all these other things that you need to do, right? Mm -hmm. So it's stress. What do I do for a workout? simple basic hotel workout run stairs yes that is your number one go-to in a hotel almost every hotel has stairs mm -hmm. not every hotel has a great workout room um, but every hotel is going to have stairs of some sort then the next thing that's great about that is you can almost always take a short conditioning day and substitute it for any spot in your plan. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter really what you're doing because it's gonna complement everything really nicely. Muscle building, it's gonna complement that. You're training for like endurance, it's gonna complement that. Um, it doesn't double down on it necessarily, 
but it complements it, right? It's something your body's probably not getting enough of. So I made the game really simple. I was like, stressful day, let's make this achievable, let's make it fun. Started my timer for 10 minutes, started at the bottom of the stairs, and started just running up them for about four flights, and then back down. Then after like two or three of those, I realized, okay, this will probably turn out to be one up the four flights and down per minute. So I need to make sure that I work hard enough to get 10 done in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was like iffy at about the five minute mark. And then I put some gas into it. Um, And then by the end, I was like, okay, stretch goal. I'm going to try to get back up to my floor that I'm staying on in addition to the whole 10 up and downs Mm -hmm. by the time that the 10 minutes was done and like to the second got that done. So um, basically objective number one uh, accomplished. Yeah, and then I think also just, you know, utilizing your room, too, with, like, push-ups, yes. air squats. You could do wall sits. Honestly, anything, yeah. uh, especially if the hotel doesn't have, like, a great gym. Some of them don't even have gyms. So mm-hmm. just utilizing what you have in the room mm-hmm. is really going to help, especially if you're just starting but you travel a lot for work. Honestly, just doing a few sets of, you know, 10 air squats or 10 push-ups, whatever you can do, take a rest, and then do it a few more times. That's yeah. better than doing nothing that whole time you're traveling. Yeah, it's uh, when we launch our probably first comprehensive plan for online people, it's going to be called Art of Consistency. And that's a concept that Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about in his book, Bodybuilding for Men. He's like, like really, the fundamental is to do something every day. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't really matter a whole lot what it is. It matters that you do something. Now, are you going to get elite results doing random things all the time? No, you're not. But we're talking about salvaging a less than ideal situation. Mm-hmm. So exactly. do what you can with what you have wherever you're at. That's like a really good mantra mm-hmm. for keeping yourself in motion every day. And if you do practice doing something every day, even if it's just 50 push-ups or 10 minutes of stairs... You're greasing the groove of your consistency. Mm-hmm. You're laying down one brick after another to the point that you embrace becoming a fit person. Because mm-hmm. that's almost the watershed moment. Like, you know, continental divide, the water goes one way or the other. Like, mm-hmm. when you cross that psychological point of, I am a fit person, I'm a person that exercises, and you do it for its own virtue, and like it gives you pleasure to do that that's where you can actually really start to really change. Mm-hmm. And then not only change because you feel like you have to, but like to enjoy the whole process. That's what separates people that look good and feel good and are happy about it mm-hmm. versus people that are like going with guilt over their heads or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another like small technique in there that's really helpful is the idea of talking yourself into something. Yes. Now, your fitness level might be different, but for me, it's not a big deal to run up a flight of stairs. Yeah. So I did a few. And as I started to loosen up and started to like get into the groove of the workout, I was like, okay, well, there's, there's goals available here. Like I kind of gamified it. Mm-hmm. Like I made it fun. And I was like, okay, we really got to hit this 10 before the 10 minutes is up. Right. right? Or like, you know, or else the floor turns into lava or whatever, <laughs> you know. And you can play that. And there's little, uh, the little stretch goal I gave myself at the end. That was fun too. Um, but getting in motion and then talking yourself into staying in motion is so important. And especially when you're traveling, but even if you had just done, Hey, I'm going to do 50 push-ups and 50 crunches mm-hmm. or whatever, 50 air squats in my room, 
you're going to be a better performer the next day for your job. Exactly. Because you're not letting yourself get all tight and tense mm -hmm. and like letting the headache or the dehydration set in or like just stressing about it. You can take one thing off your plate in 10 minutes and feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. It's going to set you up for success yep. right after that. Nice. Um, what about with meal prepping? Because especially for our listeners who do meal prep during the week um, or the weekend and they have to travel, it's a little bit harder to do that. So yeah. what, what do you do to help yourself stay a little bit more on track with right. not going out to eat every single night picking fast food since that's the mm -hmm. easiest thing to do, especially when you're not at home yeah. in your normal environment. I really think you should try to grocery shop if you can mm -hmm. um, because it puts you in the driver's seat. Like it gets you uh, the control of what you're going to eat. Now, that's a whole skill in and of itself. And um, I think you're going to see here, like I had some like wild success. You did, and yes. And I had some, uh, some stuff that went wrong, but maybe not in the way that you think. If there's, like I said, there's a plot twist at the end of this. But um, the number one skill is getting to the grocery store with the attitude that you're going to pack your lunch in. Mm -hmm. Now, Depending on the kind of work you're doing, maybe you're expected to go out with people, in which case the primary skill is going to be making good choices in restaurants. Exactly. Right. But if you can avoid it at all, reasonably. And in my situation, it was basically an extended working group from eight in the morning until five at night. And um, eating in was encouraged, mm -hmm. which is helpful. But also, who are you going to be interacting with? Are these going to be colleagues that you're going to be seeing on a regular basis? In which case it makes sense to invest some social time with them. Or is it a one-time thing? In which case you can have respectful, polite, professional conversations, still mm -hmm. make great connections with people, um, especially depending on you know the climate of your organization. I think I'm a little bit uh, unfairly advantaged compared to most people in that uh, Marine Corps officers have such a common background mm -hmm. doesn't matter like where you came from you know we are a diverse population because the united states is a diverse population but as marine officers we've gone through so much of the same experiences and the same training and you can even like you know identify yourself by your class number and be like oh yeah okay well i have like a really good idea of when and where you went through the same stuff and uh, i met people that uh, knew the same bosses that i'd had before we at different times had been in the same units, um, or we know where their unit plugs into the big picture and they know where my unit plugs into the big picture. And so it's like immediately a respectful environment, immediately a trustful environment. And I don't think you have to go out of your way to socialize to get that done. Um, but that again, that's me looking at bright spots mm -hmm. because looking at bright spots and making those kind of connect the dots uh, right. is going to help you more than looking on to the negative spots and just focusing on that. So whatever culture your work is in, find the bright spots and find a way to interact professionally in a way that doesn't make you socialize irresponsibly. Right. right? People socialize over food. That's totally mm -hmm. good. Um, but, you know, maybe you don't need to socialize over alcohol. Right? Yeah. People socialize over dinner or lunch. Maybe you can pick one instead mm -hmm. of all of them. Or, you know, there's nothing wrong to bring your lunch into a food court. 
mm-hmm. right? Because you're still going to have that time with your colleagues. Mm-hmm. So having that mindset just sets you up for so much success because you have more control. Over it what does. You eat. And Andy and I, um, when we travel to Vegas for our business, we actually, uh, since we drive there, we have the opportunity to bring a cooler and everything. And mm-hmm. so what I normally do the night before, the day before, is I actually meal prep like burritos because it's super easy to take burritos everywhere um and you can do breakfast lunch whatever type of burritos so that's normally our main thing that we eat and we're also very lucky with the group that we're around because uh they're also on very like tight budgets and really working on not trying to go out to eat as much so they're all very understanding when we bring our own food um and it creates that healthy environment mm-hmm. um also i think it, Feel, it creates like good memories for the future. You can look back. Oh, I remember when we did this when we were on a really tight budget, and it kind of like you can laugh about it later on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think if you're able to like meal prep a little bit even while you're at home before you're traveling and taking some of that stuff with you can if you're on a really tight budget can be very beneficial as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, it's that it ties into a mindset piece that. Um, applies to other things like good job performance Mm -hmm. and that also ties into good physical performance Um, it ties into having a good attitude and having like respectful uh, values and morals and character building which is this it is cool to be locked on and squared away versus cool to be a dirtbag, right? So like, (laughs) I mean, maybe the most common experience everybody would have had would be like people at high school, right? Yeah. So the kid who is getting good grades and participating in sports and uh, not wearing trashy clothes on purpose, like not like you're not trying to express yourself as a teenager or whatever, but like versus the kid who's uh, playing hooky and smoking and like running with the wrong crowd, like Mm -hmm. that's actually not cool. And the more that you embrace skills like eating healthy or saving money um things like that that can be a very helpful way to just help your body get better as well Mm -hmm. right so embrace the stuff like find a way to make it cool in your mind hang out with other people that that's also cool for and you're in the right crowd and you're on the right track Mm -hmm. um but the specifics i've got I saved the receipt from when I went to the grocery (laughs) store because I thought it'd be fun to actually talk about it. Yes. Um, So I'm seeing some dairy products, milk. Yep. Cheese, no, cottage cheese, yogurt. There's also like easy protein stuff like you can take to go, um, like tuna, protein bars. Mm -hmm. Then there's some fruits and veggies on here. Um, One of my big questions is what meal was the easiest for you to prep? So I was only doing lunch and this is where i think you're more of a food prepper than i am mm-hmm. um this is where my skill of making meals quickly from my fridge comes into play i think that i have an advantage over you in that because i didn't have to have all my ducks lined up mm-hmm. i just to have the right ingredients and then get up in the morning shave uh, i had breakfast at the uh like the hotel breakfast it was a holiday inn express so not always the greatest breakfast, but I supplemented from mm-hmm. my grocery list. Yes. Right? And then like rapidly throw together a lunch. Um, one of the things that I did get in there, this was a financial miss because I already have one of them and I forgot to pack it, is like a little uh, Tupperware thing that's, it's like an adult Tupperware. Oh, is that the um, Dixie Bowl? It's like, it's, it's uh, not the Dixie Bowls. I got that to have yogurt in my room. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's the Sistema. Okay. So yeah. it's got some compartments. 
And you can put together like a pretty hearty lunch in that. But that was helpful to kind of break up my different food groups, mm -hmm. right? And you can throw it in there really, really quickly and then take one of those extra bags that they give you at the grocery store to mm -hmm. cart that off to work. But um, the, the ability to quickly make a healthful lunch on the fly is an advantage over preppers when you don't have the ability to prep because you don't have a kitchen exactly. in a hotel. <laughs> like if you're gonna road trip it, like mm -hmm. you're talking about, being a prepper is an advantage. Mm -hmm. But like having the foraging skills really is what it is, is a forager. Yeah. I'm a forager versus a prepper. <laughs> right? And that got that done really, really well. Um, the dairies, I would say absolutely good calls there. I got a cottage cheese and I got a, uh, a Greek yogurt, mm -hmm. one with a slightly higher fat content, like 2%, and then the other one a non-fat, right? So that way I could have them as I desired. That is a, was like a post-workout um, snack slash uh, I put some of it into like a cup size mm -hmm. for lunch. So it's a way to boost your protein really, really easy. Um, I know dairy doesn't agree with everyone. Dairy agrees really well with me. Mm -hmm. So I uh, exploit the pants out of that um, to boost protein in my meals. The milk is another protein boost slash kind of way to take away the desire for something too sweet at night. So like get the really, really bitter chocolate and have a square or two, like 90% oh, cocoa or whatever that's on the list as well. Yeah. And then a glass of milk and a banana, right? That way you're kind of staving off some of those cravings, but still mm -hmm. getting that bedtime snack. I really strongly desire bedtime snacks. Mm -hmm. um, I did also get some granola. The Food Lion granola, really good. Okay. Way better than local Safeway granola. <laughs> um, really delicious. It's almost like that old homemade style where you mm. like bake it in a pan. But I didn't have as much. You would have been really proud of me. Um, From what it looks like, I am very proud of you. Well, yeah, but I didn't. I only had like one bowl of cereal every other night. That's big for you. Yeah, I, I don't know if like <laughs> our listeners know that. That's probably my biggest food problem is, and like trigger, is if I'm having a bad day or like things are not going the way that I want to prior to bedtime, if I don't have like direct supervision. I can easily go on a cereal binge. <laughs> Two bowls turns into three bowls, turns into four bowls. Um, but yeah, I kept it mm -hmm. like really simple. Um, something else that helped with that is I stayed away. I don't know how this happened. It kind of came together synergistically. Like I was reading before bed oh. instead of being on my phone or being on the TV. Nice. Right. So that really also kind of the manicness of electronic entertainment can feed into having more mm -hmm. um, snacks than you should. But like a satisfying kind of pseudo dessert and mm -hmm. then a satisfying time with a book. That was really nice. Um, so you said tuna packets as well. Got a bunch yes. of those. Those are high protein, very healthy. Do you um, actually do the tuna packs? Uh, or do you do these the are like the pouches? The pouches, yeah. yeah the pouches. They just mm -hmm. they travel better. They do. You don't need a can opener. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Joseph's uh, pitas. They're mm -hmm. the flax and oat bran ones. Those are phenomenal. They um, have some healthy carbohydrate. They're made from whole grain, mm -hmm. and they have a high protein count in them. Really, really easy to stuff. Uh, stuff a pita with that, with a few random vegetables, mm -hmm. or like, I also got uh, ham and turkey slices. These were like really thick. That was taken, that was taken a gamble, and it's a gamble that paid off. Because if you typically go to your deli meats, they're gonna be um, like, too much. Too much for a short trip, 
and you don't know if you're going to want to have just the same turkey or the same ham over and over and over. Mm -hmm. um, turkey and ham tend to be a good nutritional choice. They tend to be pretty low in fat, as long as you don't get the kind that are honey prepared or like, uh, you know, like honey ham or whatever. Um, then they are also like zero sugar. So it's a high protein, mm -hmm. low fat uh, cut. But these ones were like thick sliced and they were in smaller packages. So I got both of them, took a risk on it, was pretty happy with that. Nice. Um, that played off well. Those go well in the pita as well. Mm -hmm. Then I think I got a cucumber. You did. Like really cheap. So it was like a buck and a half. Slice that up with the knife I put in my checked luggage. Bell peppers? Got some bell peppers. There you go. Yep, that was also fairly cheap. Um, and you slice those up, put it in your thing, uh, and I did get a salad pack, and I ate that whole salad pack. Uh, just grabbing greens, stuffing it in there. It actually compresses really well. If you don't have to have like a perfectly fluffy salad, just compress it, it. Into, <laughs> into your Tupperware and yes. you're set. Um, yes. So between that, that's actually a pretty wide variety. It is. Um, for a travel-based lunch, I didn't get any cheese because I knew that would just add fat content that I didn't want. Mm. Um, I did get a few nuts, which added some fat content that I did want, right? It was a little bit more manageable. Um, and... That's pretty much the protein bars was a, a risk, maybe a bit of a splurge. Protein bars I generally don't recommend. Yeah. They have too much sugar in them. They're not really protein bars. They're carbohydrate bars. Yeah, exactly. With slightly increased protein content. But these ones tasted good, and, you know, it's okay to have a snack or two thing in there. Mm -hmm. um, that was about it for the... Am I missing anything? No, that's, I think, pretty much all of it. And I think we'll kind of talk about this a little bit towards the end, but... Especially for traveling, you did really good with yeah. kind of involving multiple colors, like eating the rainbow. Yeah, yeah, Which totally. is awesome because that's really hard to do. Got some berries as well. Yes, raspberries, blueberries. Yep, and then I already said bananas, and then I got some mm -hmm. clementines too. So mm. here's the thing. It was 150 bucks, which isn't so bad for 10 days because if that was lunch plus breakfast supplement plus dinner slash dessert slash evening snack slash post-workout supplement that's actually like two meals a day mm -hmm. so it brings it down to like 750 per meal which is actually you can do a lot worse than that like eating at subway or oh yeah other places especially for the nutritional value and it's worth it in terms of like your health you got to eat um this is the plot twist. This is where it all went wrong. <laughs> is that uh, we got done early with our work. And uh, yeah, high five. Uh, and a 10 day trip turned into a four day trip. So, what'd you do with all the food that you had left over? Because I know you didn't eat all of that. Yeah, so what I did is I actually was like, you know what? I'm going to boost the food that I'm having from this for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Right? And then um, I packed as much of it back as I could. So the tuna packet, self-sealed, mm -hmm. that's not a loss. That's perfectly goes right into my pantry. Yep. Uh, the clementines traveled really well. So they came back. Um, there were a couple other things in there that were packaged that came back. Um, I did lose about a quart of milk. Um, I lost half of the yogurt and the cottage cheese. Had to, had to get rid of it. I actually tried to give all this stuff to this homeless guy that was like begging for money. You know, you can see really quickly if they... Are really hungry mm -hmm. or if they just like want Other i mean everybody things. needs money but yeah you know like what's the emphasis here like if you're actually hungry i have food i can feed you or mm -hmm. like i'll buy food for you 
I did that to, uh, to the flat earther <laughs> last time. But like, I wanted to give this guy the food, but like, he got kind of chased off before. Um, before you could. Before I had a chance to. So unfortunately, Aww. a lot of that went in the trash. But um, in terms of what did come back, what I was able to get back, I was able to salvage most of it. I was running a little low on luggage space because mm-hmm. I had to take you know a couple different uniforms and stuff. Um, but yeah, I was able to get a lot of that back. So this was probably in the last several years of traveling my best by far weekend in terms of controlling what I ate in terms of uh, feeling really good about my body in terms of getting Mm -hmm. work in so the next thing about that was I did get my work in Mm -hmm. Um, got to if you remember us talking back in October or whatever yeah, went back to the gym with all the meathead jarheads in it Um, (laughs) fantastic, The, the big takeaway there is if you have some sort of a plan and like you're you're working on a program that your strength coach has given you, which I do, like I get coaching in order to be a good coach, right? I'm not just out here doing rogue stuff. So with my coach's plan, I knew what I needed to do. Um, I had access to a fully equipped gym, so I went for it. Mm-hmm. Now, the next day, I did stuff in the hotel gym because I only needed the dumbbells. And there's a lot of creative stuff you can do. The more confident that you get um, with, uh, the more confident that you get with your workout skills, the easier it is to make intelligent substitutions. So you can definitely get a good road workout with just dumbbells. I happen to have access to a full gym. So I went for it. And I think the thing here is being confident about what you need to do and then just being confident around other people. Mm -hmm. There was a guy who like looked like a way better athlete than me who was asking if he could use the squat rack that I was working on. And it was like, Oh yeah, you know, I got one more set left and you know, then I'll be done. He's like, Oh yeah, no problem, whatever. Um, and then a couple other guys, you know, Hey, yeah, I'm using this right here. And, uh, you know, you, you just need that right over there. Yeah. I just need like another foot. So we like spread out a little bit, you know, um, sharing equipment and sharing space is not hard mm-hmm. if you're confident. Most people are not looking down at you at the gym. Most people are in their own zone focusing on what they're trying to accomplish. Right. And I I actually had a talk with my mom about this a while ago because she hates going to gyms because she thinks everyone's looking at her and she doesn't know how to use the equipment. She's not fit. And I tried telling her, most of the time people aren't paying attention to you. It's A lot of it is in your head. And I relate to her because I did the same thing when I would go to big, big gyms. And it's intimidating. (laughs) But just keep in mind, most people are there for them to improve on themselves and not to judge you. Yeah. And most people are not like by far are not there to try to humiliate newcomers Mm -hmm. or to, you know, have a weird click or something. If that's the environment that you're in, like you need to get out of that environment and find a different place. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that would be the rare, rare, rare exception. Most people, like you said, they're just trying to get their workout in. And if we can cooperate, we can all do a better job. So yeah, just being confident and staying on plan. Right. Um, Next day I weightlifted in the hotel and that went really well too. And the nice thing about just working with dumbbells and understanding some substitutions is it goes fast. It does. Because you just pick them up and put them down. There's not a lot of complicated setup time involved, mm-hmm. uh, which is really great. Then the next day, um, when I found out I was coming home early, I had some time on my hands and I went and uh, golfed the base course. Oh, there you go. 18 holes. Was nice. Great, which, you know, is actually surprisingly challenging when you're walking it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was good. And it's a it's a good mental challenge to try to keep your performance consistent, even though you're getting a little bit tired or, you know, it's dragging on or whatever. So the activity levels were just really good. I was good. really happy with them. I know you kind of just started uh, golf, but yeah, have you improved? 
Yeah, since so you first started. I, a little nerdy, but um, <laughs> I take all my scorecards, put them into a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the last I time that, that I played this course, I shot a 70, and uh, I was telling a guy about that, and he's like, oh, that's not bad, because 70 is usually under par on mm -hmm. 18. But I shot 70 on nine holes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you should probably, probably, uh, you know, just, just tell that. people you shot a 70, and then just don't finish the sentence, right? Um, but anyways, I, I got it down by 10 strokes. And nice. then on the back nine, I was able to also match the same performance. So there's definitely improvement there. There you go. Um, a lot of it is just figuring stuff out, and then a lot of it's applying yourself mentally and trying to make good decisions. Um, you know, you've got, like, the classic quadrant that's like, you know, in this corner, you have... A and B. In this corner, you have B and B and A and A and B and C, right? Well, in any case, I was telling my dad, like, right now, half of the time, I make good decisions that I can't execute. <laughs> the other half of the time, I make bad decisions that I can't execute. <laughs> and then the other half of the time, I actually shoot fairly good shots. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's like, oh my gosh, three halves. Perfect. Um, the restaurant piece, though, very important. Mm -hmm. um, I was really fortunate to have an IHOP right across the street. There now, you go. IHOP can get you in a lot of trouble. Yes. Right, because yes. Uh, pancakes, waffles. Yeah, exactly, and all that, all that stuff. Uh, you know, even sausage and eggs and bacon and pancakes with butter on them. Like that's like a high fat content, mm -hmm. not optimal. But the deep menu is actually really healthy. You can get some just good basics mm -hmm. for not too much. And uh, the first night I had a T-bone steak with some mashed potatoes and broccoli, mm -hmm. left it at that, right? The next night I had a salmon with uh, green beans and uh, just some rice, left it at that. The third night I had an omelet, you know, a little more cheese maybe than I should have had. It was like, it's pretty high on the fat content, but still it was like just like eggs and some cheese. And you know what? Left it at that, right? So I left every one of those dinners feeling really happy about my body and just, man, ready for bed, felt great, didn't overdo it on anything. So um, making healthy decisions in a restaurant is really important. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to... Especially when you don't go out to eat very often and you kind yeah. of just want to splurge a little bit, it, it becomes very difficult to make that healthier choice. Yeah, well, and I think for, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. I think for people that are traveling maybe on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. it it grinds you down so much that like there's no novelty here anymore. Yeah. Like this isn't fun, I am just doing this, it's stressful, so it's easier to make healthier choices. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's traveling less frequently, but still consistently, like me once a month, there's still just a tiny little bit of novelty. Yeah. Because here in town, if we go out to eat, like we're doing it for fun. Yeah. Right? Because we want to try something tasty or we want to like enjoy somebody's company. Um, but there, like you're doing it because it's where food is available. And so you really have to try to take the novelty and the fun out of it mm -hmm. and be like, okay, look, I just need to focus on getting a healthy meal. Right? And would I, would I normally have something different if I went to a restaurant? Probably. But since you're stepping up the frequency that you're going to restaurants, you just have to keep it on basics. Yeah, exactly. And see what basics are available. And the other thing too is... <laughs> Like, if you have to go to a place that you're not crazy about because your boss is going there or whatever, ask the chef for something different, mm -hmm. you know, um, whatever. And, you know, maybe some people's skills if they make fun of you for whatever you're getting, you know, but chances are what's most likely going to happen is if you order something that's healthier, that's not stupid, like a naked salad with no protein and that's it. 
right? If you're ordering mm-hmm. a normal meal that's on the healthier side, they're probably going to say, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, I need to do more of that myself. Or yeah. You'll probably get affirmed. Exactly. Right? I've Which had that happen many times. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, that's, those would be, like, my best practices. What, would, what have we learned here? What are best practices for travel, for exercise? Uh, just starting to move. Yeah. Get moving. Yeah, stay in motion. That's yeah. that's basic step number one. Mm-hmm. A complementary workout, stair running, that mm-hmm. complements almost every plan, weight loss, muscle gain, whatever. Yep. Like it's gonna complement that. Um, and then learning confidence, being around other people, mm-hmm. but then also knowing enough as your skills grow to make intelligent substitutions with the equipment that you have. Yes. For food. What have we learned? For food. Um, Best practices. Kind of just our basic, you don't need to do anything crazy with it and trying to, um, you know, have your go-to foods at the hotel. Yeah, that way like it's easier to take with you. Foraging skills for me would be yeah. my thing is like, like your foraging skills need to say, where's my veggie? Where's my fruit? Where's my main protein? Mm-hmm. Where's my complementary carbohydrate? Not the main thing necessarily. Yeah. And then where's my protein boost? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the basics. And then, you know. If you get a little fancier, maybe you run the risk of your trip getting cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but That's okay. <laughs> from a health perspective, that plays out really well as I cough into the microphone. Uh, unrelated. Yes. Maybe cold sprints related. Uh, <laughs> and then eating out, just like take the novelty out of it, eat for health. Mm-hmm. Right? There's better choices available everywhere, even if there's not ideal choices. Exactly. But I'm telling you, the surprise is IHOP. IHOP has a surprisingly healthy menu if you can get past the pancakes and the country <laughs> fried steak. Yes. That's the only time I eat there is for breakfast food. So that's good to know. Yeah. Um, you've never had a country fried steak. No, I have not. Next time. Okay. Next time. You and me. Country fried steak. No, okay. That'd be great. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we did random accountability on food. We already talked our workouts this morning. Yes. But uh, random accountability on food. I mean, you take a picture of your lunch yesterday. I took a picture of my breakfast because mm-hmm. they were happening at about the same time. <laughs> um, you did really well. What did you have? I am stoked with that breakfast. Again, mm-hmm. it was like slightly foraging skills. If you have a good grocery list, you can rapidly turn that into uh, a good menu. So I had a egg white homemade egg McMuffin on whole wheat English muffin. Just had egg whites that I kind of somehow turned into a circle. I didn't have like one of those cool circle tools, mm-hmm. but I was able to like kind of like corral it, it into a circle. So all stayed on. And then Canadian bacon slice. Mm-hmm. Two extra Canadian bacon slices on the side for the protein content, plus they're delicious by themselves. Sauteed red peppers with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Just tiny little bit of butter to make that saute work. Really heating them up was the big thing, not to get them like uh, saute uh, A sliced orange and then a glass of 1% milk. And that was a killer breakfast. It looks delicious. Yeah, at about the same time. I was having lunch, and I had a small bowl of homemade chili with a little bit of Swiss cheese on top. I Mm. decided to go with Swiss cheese because I love Swiss cheese. And That's an interesting combo. I wouldn't have thought that with chili. It's actually really good. But good on you. Yeah, it was good. I was debating between my salmon or the chili. And to me, chili is kind of a heavier meal just because of the beef, the beans. It's a little bit heavier for me. So I really didn't want to eat that before like going to bed, a few hours going to bed. Yeah. Um, So that's why I decided to eat it for 
lunch because I knew I was going to be moving around and staying active right. for at least six more hours. Well, that's smart. Yeah. Now, you know me. Like, I rarely feel the effects of a heavy meal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I probably know. Probably the same way that you do. <laughs> chili for me is just like, eat it up. Yes. Um, I did used to get in trouble with chili when I would have chili and cornbread and milk and beer. Oh my gosh. The same meal. <laughs> and that would end up being like, you know, to the two to three bowl. Mm-hmm. And oh that's too much. Yeah. Um, that would get it on the heavy side. But yeah, chili's super healthy, super delicious. Mm-hmm. Looked like your sauce was kind of on the darker red side. It was. It was actually, uh, Andy's mom made it for us. Okay. Um, and it turned out really good. It wasn't super spicy. It was probably just like the right amount of spice to it. Nice. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it looks really like yummy. lean meat too. So I, I think keeping chili on the like enough spice to make it taste you know good and a little bit fiery, but not so much that it upsets your tummy mm-hmm. makes chili a really viable go-to option. It's for so easy to make out and for building muscle. Yeah, like it, and it's got everything you need. Mm-hmm. So delicious. We probably have chili once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely love it yeah so that's good um that's good Such a, <laughs> oh no i'm running out of words maybe that means it's time to end it um speech of the week we will i think we should post those photos though with yeah. the uh with the podcast like, yeah so so the podcast will hit all of our podcast places mm-hmm. spotify apple um and then dang it I think Google. So those are the three places that our podcast is available right now. Uh, but yeah, it's also available on the website, mm-hmm. pcflongmont.com, where you can also uh, see Jordan's profile, see my training profile, see Christina's training profile. If you're local to Longmont or like maybe North Boulder, mm-hmm. like come on in and start working with us. It's great. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put some pictures in the page that this podcast is going to live so you can see what those look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I promise you... Like, I did not stage my photo. <laughs> like, I kind of like presenting my food nicely. It's part of a foraging it's fun. skill. It's fun. But, like, I don't overdo it. Like, mm-hmm. you just, as you build your plate, mm-hmm. you line it up nice and easy, and then it looks attractive. It yeah. makes you want to eat it. So, now, the, um, I did have a, was it poinsettia? Is that what that plant is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, I think. Yeah. I don't know my plants. So. Somebody gave us a poinsettia. <laughs> And uh, it's sitting on my table, just making the meal look extra gorgeous. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's where I have breakfast. Food photographer, you. <laughs> Seriously. Um, all right. Speech of the week. Eat the rainbow. Ah, this look. Is is it because a tie-in exists everywhere? I, I don't know. I think so. Or, or is it because we just have been like unconsciously lining everything up? I, it's the serendipity funny. is so cool. It is. Yeah, anyways. It's perfectly with everything that we've been doing. It's pre-planned. <laughs> like, like, the speech of the weeks are pre-planned. They are. It's curriculum we're developing. <laughs> but it's lining up with what we're talking about. So eat the rainbow, right? Um, when you, on purpose, try to have more colorful food, you are going to, by default, improve your health. Because you're getting different vitamins and minerals and nutrient profiles in those foods. Um, not really talking about uh, most of your starchy carbs and proteins here. We are talking about fruits and vegetables though. So if you're trying to get your, if you're a beginner, trying to aim for maybe five servings of fruits and veggies a day, try to eat the rainbow. So many people are in the white zone. Mm-hmm. Mashed potatoes, potato chips, I mean, slightly yellow, but like. But mostly, <laughs> mostly white. white. Yeah. And then when they try to get healthy, they go like right to green. Mm-hmm. Just like, 
Okay, salad. Skip pack. everything else. I'm tired of that. <laughs> I mean, I like how greens taste, but I think a lot of people don't. So you've gone from something that's not full of nutrition and helpful for you to something that is, you know, maybe you don't like the taste of it. But how can we eat the rainbow, Jordan? Um, well, honestly, very helpful. Find a picture of colorful foods because there are so many different types of foods out there that you just don't know about. And so if you literally just type in Google, uh, eat the rainbow, it'll come up with so many different food groups and colors that it'll yeah. help you get a good idea of yeah. what to even try that you might Seriously, not. Seriously, which can be overwhelming. But my suggestion is pick three new ones that you've never tried before. Try to integrate them into your diet mm -hmm. this next month. And then maybe have a couple old favorites that maybe you don't have enough of. Yeah. Uh, reds, real fast. What's red? Tomatoes. Apple, apples, tomatoes. I love tomatoes. Cherries. Cherries, love so good. Cherries, yeah. uh, maybe not in season, but um, yeah, you. tomatoes, you should be able to get those. They're yeah. great. And of course, there's a lot of other stuff too. Raspberries. Red blah, peppers. Blah, blah. Uh -huh. uh, orange. Orange. Mangoes. Orange. <laughs> okay, mango. <laughs> orange, mango. I Pineapple. Orange. Yeah. Pineapple is yellow. It's well, the orange yellow group, orange yellow Orang group. Oh, so you're lumping orange and yellow together. I am. I was trying to split them up. Okay, well, uh, orange peppers then. Okay, yellow peppers. Pumpkins. For that matter. Pumpkins are orange. Yeah, that'd be good. There's also you know yellow pump or uh, spaghetti squash. That's yellow. Pumpkin flesh. Put that into your pumpkin spice oatmeal. Yeah. Oh, mama, they. There you pumpkin go. Pumpkin spice oatmeal. I make a killer one. It's amazing. <laughs> um, Purples. Purples, uh, eggplant. That's not, I always think of eggplant, but like blackberry maybe? Yeah. Blackberry's a deep purple? Grapes. Uh, grapes, yeah. Okay, grapes. there you go. Mm -hmm. I love grapes. Yes, I actually really do like purple cabbage. I don't mm -hmm. like eat it very often, but I do like purple cabbage. Pomegranate, I think, is purple. Yeah. Super delicious. Mm -hmm. uh, we skipped blue. We Blue. did blueberries. That's that's kind of all I got. That's all you got. That's all I got. Oh, that's no. all that they okay. have. Okay. <laughs> uh, tell plums, us what else is blue out there. Those are purple. Purple. Yeah. Blue. Okay. Yeah, so maybe purples and blues kind of go together. Anyways, that's a whole <laughs> bunch of new stuff that you can put into your diet. Like, just do it. Just don't get out of that bland zone. Get out of just greens and whites. Yeah. You'll you'll most likely find something that you really enjoy. You'll feel better. You'll be happier. Mm-hmm. And it's yummy. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. We'll be at you next time. Bye. Bye.